Hello, welcome to The Fat Lip, the podcast for fat people about fat people. I am your fat host, Ash, and first I wanted to say thank you for all of the incredible compliments I got for the last episode, that Mama Cass one. She had such a sad story, but one that was so important to tell. And doing all of that research and kind of diving deep into some very heavy anti-fatness stuff was a lot. So I decided to follow that episode with something much lighter. And since it's the holidays, I have come up with the best possible direction for this next episode, while still working on this historical Fat People series. And that subject today is Santa Claus. Yep, today's episode is about Santa Claus. The original jolly fat guy. A dude who brings joy to the masses one night a year. I started to really wonder how we ended up with the traditional fat guy in a red suit version of Santa, and how that fat Santa has survived through some of the most anti-fat decades ever. So here is what I found. As you probably already know, the American version of Santa Claus is based on St. Nicholas, who was a bishop who lived in the village of Myra in what is now Turkey in the 3rd century. Early accounts suggest that St. Nicholas inherited wealth from his parents, and with it he gave generously to the poor, especially to poor children. In stories, he is depicted as slim, wearing red bishop's robes, and sometimes assisted by a small orphan boy. Nicholas was canonized after his death, and was then celebrated throughout the Middle Ages with great feasts and small gifts given to children every year on the anniversary of his death, which was December 6th. During the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, the tradition of the Feast of St. Nicholas faded away basically everywhere, except for in the Netherlands, where the legend was kept alive with Sinterklaas who was a friendly old man who traveled from house to house on the night of December 5th, leaving gifts in children's shoes in exchange for a snack for his horses. According to Dutch tradition, Sinterklaas was slim, wore red bishop's robes, had elves for assistance, and rode his horses over the rooftops from house to house, slipping down the chimney to deliver his gift. Sinterklaas came to America with the Dutch in the 17th century and sort of merged with the English figure Father Christmas, who was also a slim man with white hair. Because English tradition had moved away from revering a Catholic saint, Father Christmas came not on December 6th, but on Christmas, and spread joy, cheer, and good food and wine, because he was a man after my own heart. Santa Claus as we know him, though, probably began with Washington Irving's History of New York, which was a book, a parody of Dutch culture, that was published in 1809. In it, Santa Claus was described as a round-bellied Dutch sailor with a pipe and a green coat. So it seems like the reason Santa became, became fat that first time was because being fat was a funny joke, even in 1809. This was a parody of Dutch culture. Fat Santa became canon, though, with publication of the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, or as it's more popularly known, The Night Before Christmas, which was published in the Troy, New York Sentinel on December 23rd, 23. And here is how the poem described Santa. You will probably recognize this. 
He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. So, in The Night Before Christmas, um, I should say here that the author is disputed uh, for, of this poem. It was submitted anonymously, and it may have been either a guy named Clement Clark Moore or a guy named Henry Livingston Jr. It is in deep dispute. But either way, the author sort of solidified the image of Fat Santa Claus in the American tradition. I have always loved this description, by the way, and I've always found it to be one of the most wholesome and adorable depictions of fatness that I've ever seen in popular, in popular culture. So lovely. Had a broad face and a little brown belly that shook when he laughed, like a bowl full of jelly. It's so joyfully written, and it's a positive depiction of fatness that we rarely see in history. But that was a poem, again, written word. Um, and the first known illustration of Fat Santa Claus was by a cartoonist named Thomas Nast and was published in an issue of Harper's Weekly. Nast, however, was a political cartoonist. And in the illustration, um, this was in the 1860s, by the way, uh, in the illustration, Santa was depicted as a fat man dressed in the American flag and holding a puppet with the name Jeff on it, which was a reference to Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederate States during the Civil War. So, um, in this cartoon, Santa was being used as sort of a, a representation of America and holding the president of the Confederacy's president of the Confederacy as a puppet. So, as we know, fatness is a common trope in political cartoons, and so that probably influenced Thomas Nast more than th the actual tradition of fat Santa Claus itself did. Again, the first time that uh, Santa Claus was described as fat was in 1823. This was in the 1860s. The modern Santa icon, though, who was the fat guy with the white hair and the beard, wearing a red suit and white, with white fur trim, the big black belt, the gold buckle and black boots, um, that seems to have come from Coca-Cola advertisements, which were drawn by a guy named Haddon Sundblom in the 1930s. The Coca-Cola Santa is so iconic that there are urban legends that Coke actually invented Santa Claus and that his suit is red and white because those are the colors of the iconic Coca-Cola logo. This is, of course, not true because I just told you it wasn't. And because we know that Santa has been wearing, wearing red since he was St. Nicholas back in the 3rd and 4th century in his bishop's robes. But the Coca-Cola Santa is probably the image you think of when you think of Santa Claus, if you're American. The fat man in the red suit shows up everywhere during the holidays, beginning when he makes an appearance at the Macy's Parade on Thanksgiving every year. Thousands upon thousands of fat guys dress in the red suit to play Santa in malls and Christmas markets all over the country. And most people in America who celebrated Christmas as a child have photos of themselves sitting on a random white bearded stranger's lap. I wondered, though, how Santa Claus, an iconic fat man, has made it through some very anti-fat decades unscathed. Well, he didn't, it turns out. The whole obesity epidemic scare touched Santa too, with a lot of public health hand-rigging. A 2009 paper in the British Medical Journal was entitled Santa Claus, a Public Health Pariah, and in it, 
they attempted to correlate a country's obesity rate with a recognition of the Santa Claus tradition. Yes, because the epidemic of children wanting to be Santa Claus when they grow up sounds totally real. Thankfully, though, Fat Santa has survived diet culture, and every Christmas kids write letters and leave cookies out for a kind old fat guy in a red suit who brings them presents and joy. And he remains a jolly fat guy, and I'm kind of thrilled that he does, and that kids have this fat icon that brings them so much happiness. So long live Fat Santa. I wonder if Santa Claus sleeps well. I bet he would if he had a big fig. Big Fig is the first mattress system made specifically for fat people. It's constructed with a hybrid system of both high-density foam and pocketed coils for the perfect combination of comfort and support. Learn more at BigFigMattress.com and use the code FATLIP at checkout for $100 off your purchase and to let them know that I sent you. Give yourself the gift of a great night's sleep this year with Big Fig. Thank you to Star Crusher for the music you heard on today's episode. Go to cstarcrusher.bandcamp.com to hear more. Thank you, as always, to our Patreon patrons. The patron of the week is Freed. Thank you, Freed, for your support. If you would like to support the show for as little as $1 an episode and two do- or $2 a month, go to patreon.com slash thefatlip to learn how. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All of those links can be found at the top of thefatlip.com, but I'm most active on Instagram, so don't miss me there, especially because it's almost time for the Infinifirst of January, which is also the Infinifirst of 2020 and the Infinifirst of a new decade. More and more people are participating every month, and it's just a great place for Infinifat representation, which is so, so needed. So follow me on Instagram at FatLipPodcast. Okay, that's all I have for you today. I want to wish you all a very happy holidays and a happy new year, and I hope you'll come back and listen again in 2020. See you next time. Bye-bye.